Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show with your hosts, Tim Figueroa and Megan Finner. Are you ready to be inspired? Welcome to another fabulous episode of Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Megan. And I'm Tim. And we're glad you can join us as you are living your life and heading towards your emerging future. Hopefully, you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it is true. You can be more, do more, and have more. So, Tim, how are you today? I am doing well. Um, This is like a a great day because it's the day after the eclipse. I know. And it was so awesome that today is a little like, oh, no eclipse today. Isn't that crazy? I know. It's kind of like what happens the day after Christmas. (laughs) Do you notice people just like they're done? I know. Like trees are gone. I know. They're they're, down next day. (laughs) There was so much excitement leading up to it. And now it's like it's just over. I know. You know, when I took my I put I took my glasses off and I looked at the sun accidentally and I couldn't hear. (laughs) I lost my hearing. People were talking about your eyes getting burned. I couldn't hear. (laughs) That's so weird. (laughs) I'm just kidding. No, someone did say that, like, as a joke. Like, I can't hear. (laughs) And then my daughter was like, huh? (laughs) It was hilarious. And then they were worried about my lab. Yeah. Like, can the dog be outside? And I was like, yes. Animals don't normally look up at At the the sun. They don't do that. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Especially a lab. Their faces are to the ground trying to find something to dig in, chew, eat, right. you know what I mean, whatever. Yeah. Well, I think it was the really cool thing, so for those of you who don't know, who are outside of Greenville, South Carolina, um, we were one of the cities that was in the path of totality. So It was cool. Um, it was really cool. So we got to experience, I think, over two minutes of um, a full eclipse, uh, which seeing the corona of the sun was, was very, very cool. And I know for us, um, lightning bugs came out, which was kind of neat. Is it? They they just showed up. Yeah. Well, it was funny because we didn't hear any cicadas. Oh yeah. We for did. a while, mm-hmm. but as soon as the eclipse after it happened, and it started coming back to light again. All of a sudden, the cicadas just yeah. came like full on live, <laughs> full on live. Yeah. And some of the guests that were at my house disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> like they just we're like where they go because I've heard that it could be, affect humans, mm. and they were gone. We had to go find them. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we didn't go that, but the cicada thing was real. Yeah, the cicada. Because thing they've been mad around here. They've been like crazy. Like oh, yeah. I have found so many like cicada, like little skeletal yeah. things, and well, I mean those suckers are just. Oh, yeah. They're not really pretty creatures. Mm-mm. So hey, let me show you something. So here's a pair of glasses. I'm showing Megan a picture right now. <laughs> um, what's interesting about this? <laughs> <laughs> Turkey eclipse, <laughs> 29 March 2006. Yeah, so one of the guys with John, who was on the pod, John yeah. was at my house. We were watching together. We had lunch and all this stuff. And so John, because he couldn't find glasses, yeah. so he went to this, it was a store owned by some Turkish folks, and <laughs> and which is interesting, his daughter is learning, she's learning Turkish, the language. She's learning how to speak Turk. And she, anyways... She was so excited about this. Yeah. The people sold them these glasses and it was from, they're from Turkey. Yeah. They own the store. Right. 
and they sold these <laughs> eclipse glasses from March 29th, 2000. I know. What's funny is, like, in my brain, though, as I'm reading that, because I had no context, I was like, turkey eclipse, like, gobble, gobble. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? No, not gobble, gobble, turkey. <laughs> the country turkey. No, I get it now, but just looking at the picture without <laughs> any context was like, what does that mean? So then I'm going to show you another picture because this is kind of random. <laughs> okay. That was this. That's a picture of my two boys at work. Aw. At their, um, they work at a restaurant together, and it's a, it's um, a franchise that a friend of mine owns, and they both work there. My son's shift leader, mm-hmm. the oldest, mm-hmm. he, he's seven or the eldest, he's seventeen, yeah, and the other one is sophomore, fifteen, going into high school, and there were only four of them working, and so my daughter decides, hey, before school starts, because you know school starts today, right? Let's go there and let them make us some pizza, you know, and <laughs> and see them at work. It was bad. Oh no! It wasn't. I mean, they were working hard, but it's yeah. only four people. So I guess the someone scheduling may have left off two people that yeah. should have been there because the poor garbage cans were overflowing. My boys are rocking on the line. I was yeah. so proud of them. They're just <laughs> killing it. My old, my eldest, who is a shift leader there, and he's seventeen, you know, and he's a he's on the young side mm-hmm. of as a senior. So right. he's like me. He'll graduate. He'll still be seventeen, mm-hmm. and so he's just killing it working two new people the so the two young ladies that were working are brand new then the bites group the it's a delivery group mm-hmm. that like people call in and they go pick up the food right and then make the delivery they had one guy had 12 pizzas another guy had 16 pizzas wow. then there were other people coming in ordering these large orders mm-hmm. and there was right. no dishwasher and no one clearing tables and stuff so i decided and so Amy and I started getting up and eating when people were leaving and we were cleaning off the tables. It felt so bad. Aww. I was like, I even looked, I said, you want me to take the trash out? I yeah. was like, can I grab the garbage? Well, I mean, it's the, I, you know, I guess they didn't, the cl- the eclipse preparation memo. It eclipsed. Yeah. It eclipsed the plan. Yeah. You know what would have made it better? If they just would have played Total Eclipse of the Heart over and over and over. Over and over. Just Because then it just would have made you like smile. People would have just been like... We just heard this song. Let's play it again. <laughs> I, I feel like that that was pretty that's like all that I heard yesterday over and over again. Isn't that crazy? It's a great song. Though. I wonder how much royalty <laughs> Bonnie Tyler has gotten now from that song. I don't know. Because of this eclipse. I don't know. I my friend Heather and I, that was one of our favorite songs when we were little. And I mean when we were little, I mean second or third grade, we would sing that song. So for those of you who weren't in the path of totality um, we're sorry. sorry. You missed it. Sorry. It, it's um, going to be like somewhere like yeah, in 2024. The- it's going to come through again. But I would say if you're close enough to drive next time, if you didn't see it this time, like I'd make the drive. It was that cool. Um, so before we get into this episode, I have a question for Tim. You can random ask question. me your random question. Okay. So I'm somewhat prepared. If someone asked you to give them a random piece of advice, what would you say? Random piece of advice. Random piece of advice. Totally and completely know who you are and be that person at all times. That's good. That's like your... Bam. Done. Okay, good. I like it. That would be the best. I mean, I could think of so many other things, but if I was going to... Now, you know, I mean, of course, if they say, well, I know who I am. And I'm yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? I guess mm-hmm. I would have come up with something else. Yeah. But if that was it, random yeah. piece of that's I would say that's what you get. Know yourself. Be yourself. Yeah. No, I love that. I mean, I just wrote that 
Uh, I just shared that blog that I wrote. After it was a great the, blog. Yeah, by the way. but I mean, it's all about that. It's bring your whole self to work. It was a great, great blog. So be the same person. Where's no that? Matter. What, give, let's give our listeners. Oh, so that? yeah, so you can find that on um, uphillstrategies.co on our blog. Uh, it's one that I wrote a few months ago, and I just reshared it on LinkedIn. So yeah, it's it's a great. It's just a great thing. It's cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So, hey, what are we going to do today? So, today we're going to have um, a little bit of fun. The two of us are going to talk around the whole idea of working with different styles and working with incompatibility. So, okay, so I got to go? <laughs> yeah, you should probably go. I'll do all the talking. <laughs> um, well, so I, I think this is really interesting. We, you know, in, in the work that we do, Tim, we work with um a lot of different types of people. We work with people in different industries uh, on both the marketing and the leadership side. And uh, we, we work with people who just have different natural styles and different social styles. So we thought just even based on our own experience, having to figure out how we have learned to work together over these past seven or eight months. Yeah, it's been, it's been, and it's been like, what's cool is coming together, like, in us, this topic today mm-hmm. and having to learn those styles, but even in that short period of time, a lot right. has happened. Mm-hmm. And so it, we've kind of n- not had the luxury of just kind of hanging out right. and just going, ah, it'll, mm-hmm. you know, it'll work itself out. Right. I mean, we really have to have real conversations around, you know, how we see things, mm-hmm. um, how, you know, how we're viewing them. Right. Um, how should we approach them? Mm-hmm. Um, how, you know, what are our strengths? Mm-hmm. Um, w- you know, where are our shortcomings, right? Mm-hmm. Or the gaps? Yeah. Because we all have them. Yeah. Um, and, um, but just figuring out how to move forward still, mm-hmm. like movement, keeping right. movement, you know, yeah. but not just skipping it, you know, because mm-hmm. a lot of times what you can easily do is just go, um, you know, we can come back to that, right? right. But what we're trying to do is we are really trying to make sure that whatever we're learning, we're trying to carry it forward with us mm-hmm. so that we can get better at it. You know, even though we don't have all the time as a luxury mm-hmm. to sit there and solve it completely, we get a, a, a good enough understanding, I feel, mm-hmm. you know. No, I could be wrong because my point of view. <laughs> <laughs> we've had different points of view, right? So, but... But we've been able to get the best parts of it and move it forward so that it's nothing that we have to try to figure out all over again. Mm -hmm. We're able to continue to build on that. Am I making sense when I say that? Yeah, I think that you are. And I think that what's interesting is when I think anytime you introduce a new person into a situation, you know, like I said, everybody has a different natural style and everyone has um, an adaptive style, what they use at work. But I think for me, this is the first time I've ever worked in just this, a true partnership relationship. And um, in, in business, I think when there's other people you can maybe have a tendency to say, um, oh, well, you know, we'll figure out eventually, um, you know, but we can still make progress. But when you're building something, you don't necessarily have that luxury. You know, this is this is cool. This is like kind of popping up for me. So I'm putting you on the spot now. Oh, boy. What are the advantages of being a solopreneur? Because that's what you have been. Mm -hmm. And disadvantages. And what are the advantages of having a partner and we can even get into that because mm-hmm. that's what we're going to get into some of the challenges of it. Yeah. But the advantages of a partner and the disadvantages of the partner, oh, which I guess maybe they'd be the same. So if it's, I mean, I don't know. Well, so I think for me, 
the being a solopreneur, having um, kind of my own business where I'm I've been I've been up until starting this business with Tim worked in a capacity of sort of helping other people with their businesses. So coming in um, as a, you know, outsourced marketing consultant or as a uh, contract client lead in the marketing advertising world. I think when you're on your own, there's the ability to really kind of control your own schedule. And you also just know, you know what you have to get done. And you also know that um, you're the only person who's going to do it. So you kind of know, here are the things I have to get done. I can schedule my day. I can um, do things at whatever pace I want to do them at. Um, and and I think, I think that's kind of nice. So there's a level of control. Uh, I think in being a solopreneur that I, for me, (laughs) as someone who um, is a planner, I think that that's really helpful. Um, But the disadvantages to being a solopreneur is even though you're working with other companies and supporting them, you don't really have someone who's a peer that you can go to. You you don't have someone who is there maybe observing your blind spots and uh, pointing out things that you could be doing better. So you're just kind of churning, I think. Uh, when you're out on your own, just getting things done, going through um, going through the different phases, managing the things you have to manage. But I don't know how much growth there is in um, in a solopreneur job, at least in the kind that I had. So what about having a partner now? Like, so what's the advantage of because we're talking about, you know, mm-hmm. working with differences in styles. Yeah. So what's the advantage and then what's the disadvantage? I think I think the biggest advantage is um, when you're on your own, you're truly on your own. So if you go on vacation or if you have a business trip that you have to go on, even with a client, you still have other clients that you have responsibility to. So you end up having to manage that and burn uh, both ends of the candle. And you can't ever really take a vacation or take true time off. I think one of the great things, well, I know one of the great things about having a partner is if you do need to go on a business trip and you need, or you need to be away from the office or this year, um, yeah, I'm in this great community leadership program here in Greenville. Um, I know that if I can't be somewhere or be doing something that, you know, you, Tim, my partner can the job will still get done and it's not so reliant on my schedule that I end up um, sort of being chained down by that because there's someone else to help with the workload. I don't know if there's a downside for me. It's just been, now be careful. I'm, it's, <laughs> I'm sitting right here. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I think for me, it's just been more learning to adjust to working with somebody else. So um, one of the benefits of you know, being on your own is that you, you really are in control of everything that you're doing. You can decide I'm going to work on this or I'm not, I'm going to do it this way. And, and you, you kind of do that when you work with a partner, I think you have to uh, be more open to looking at things differently, um, to looking at a different perspective. And honestly, one of the hardest things for me is just being able to hand off some of the responsibility to somebody else um, and and building that trust and establishing that relationship. So I think it's it's a great thing, but it can be a little bit of a challenge if you're moving from doing it on your own to working with someone else. Right. And so when you move into, that's where you're going to, so anytime you want to include anyone else, that's where you're going to start running into your, you know, seriously, mm-hmm. your compatibility. Anytime yeah. you 
are hired at a new company, right? You're dealing with compatibility. Mm-hmm. Anytime you get a new friend, right? Compatibility. Yeah. Any new relationship, compatibility. Mm-hmm. Right. You're looking at that, and um, it, what's interesting is for me that I never wanted to be solo. I always like anytime I started something, I always looked for a partner. A partner. Mm-hmm. So I'm wired immediately toward partner. Mm-hmm. And so that's even one of our differences. Not that you didn't want one. It's and I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. And you know, but it's 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 we're predisposed, I think, all of us to yeah. have a certain path, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't mean one path is greater than the other. It's just, you know, one person's doing one thing and another's doing another. And those separate points of view, mm-hmm. I believe what lives in the middle is where all the magic is. Yeah. And that's where people have the biggest struggle of, you know, is it worth? Mm-hmm. Is it worth it for me mm-hmm. to, you know, do this solo? You know, is it better? Mm-hmm. Or is it better for me to do this with someone else? Yeah. Do you think the different skill sets that people have or the different, um, like, because I'm a more detail-oriented, task-oriented person, so I'm more of a, I, I'd say I'm more of a doer, right? And I think that, um, you know, you're more of a high-level strategic thinker. You're always at the 30,000-foot level. You're always um, thinking about, you know, what are new and different ways that um, that we could present something. Do you think that different skill sets lend themselves to being someone who seeks out partnerships versus doing it on their own? Probably so. I mean, um, I don't have any uh, scientific you know, yeah. data to go along with it. But I think uh, if I was going to go with conditional logic, mm-hmm. I think, yes, it makes more sense that a person that's just a doer, they're going to be more of a, you know, a, a solopreneur. They can mm-hmm. really just say, I can knock this out. I can do this. Mm-hmm. Where me, I look at such a high level that I know how long it'll take me to get to the ground. Yeah. Right. So what if I could partner with someone who has a, 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 they're predisposed to more Mm -hmm. of that doing and getting it done. Like they care so much, not just about A to Z, Mm -hmm. they care about B, C, D, like everything in between. Right. And, and they, and, and they're the ones that can actually do it better Mm -hmm. than, I mean, you don't want me doing your day to day. (laughs) Well, but I mean, but what (laughs) do you, I know, but, but like, (laughs) you know, I know, (laughs) I know, but but I'm curious about this now because, because what do you think though, knowing that what do you think is the danger or the drawback for someone like me let's say someone who is a doer to just continue to do it on their own um burnout mm-hmm. that's a big one i feel a true fulfillment of being intentional to include others not really knowing that how do they add value to someone else's life now i don't believe that will be totally missed mm-hmm. Because I think you can know that if you're doing something and you're, say you were helping a nonprofit raise money and you did all that work and you worked by yourself, Mm -hmm. I think that's great, you know, and you were able to do that. But I think there's something about a shared experience. And I feel um, one of my favorite quotes is that one is too small of a number to to accomplish anything of great significance. Mm -hmm. Um, You can, but I I mean, you you can do something significant, I think, you know, but of great significance. I think it's going to include more than yourself. And so it's kind of like there's a promise and peril to both. Mm-hmm. There's a promise and peril to just 30,000 feet. There's a promise and peril for those that operate between 15,000 and ground level, mm-hmm. right? So there's a good and the bad for all of them. Same thing with a personality type. An extrovert, there's a mm-hmm. promise to the extro- extrovert. Mm-hmm. 
there's also a peril, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and same for an introvert, mm-hmm. you know, there's a promise and there's a peril. So I, I see the hangups could be mostly for me, there's aloneness, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, connectivity, you know, um, and that depends if that's even important to them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But I guess if I'm just going to generalize just off the top of my head, I could see that that's a, you know, um, could be something that could be a detriment mm-hmm. and no different than a person like myself that's, you know, flying around up there with the big ideas. <laughs> we, we actually miss the significance of what it took sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, being a big visionary, like it's important to me to know the process and sometimes I feel like with all the vision I have and the next thing that I have to be careful not to, um, you know, kind of like, okay, awesome. You know, it's like, so if, if we're going to use this as a story, like, you know, or as a, uh, some sort of um, uh, word picture here, there's a guy on a bench and he's like, look at me, I'm benching 225 pounds. And I'm like, cool, when are you going to do 250? <laughs> right. You know, right. that's where I go. Like, yeah. what about 250? Mm-hmm. You know, because I, you look like you can do, you know what I mean? You're right. the way you lifted the, you know, you did the lift on 225, man, you could do 250. Mm-hmm. I know it, you know? So yeah. that's where I, that's my danger zone. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I kind of miss some of that. So yeah. there has to be a closing of the gap. Right. Yeah. And so even though I want to include people, mm-hmm. my danger is in including people not to celebrate the key milestones that are significant for them mm-hmm. in the process. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it does. And I and and I think just from my perspective, I think that um, one thing that, you know, even in before we got started in this business in this podcast together, um, we initially got talking about coaching because I think when you are by yourself um, in in a role like that, even though you might be working day to day with other people, when you're running your own um, company, growing your own business, if you're doing it on your own, you really need somebody to push you and to help um, help you figure out how to grow. Because I think that the danger for somebody who is very task-oriented could be that they just they just do and they just do, 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 do over and over and over. And it's always just on to the next task that they never take a moment to stop and say, you know, what are the different opportunities that I have to do something different or to grow or to maybe start my own thing rather than just continuing to trade hours for dollars? Yeah. And I think there's another part of that, that you find yourself having passing conversations, looking for agreement or affirmation. Mm-hmm. If you're a person that's just going to do it on your own, mm-hmm. what you're going to do is you're going to check in, get some quick advice and then split back out. Mm-hmm. And, and so I feel like when we do more with other people and we open ourselves up for more community, mm-hmm. we can, we can really learn more on what's really necessary or most important for us to see growth. Mm-hmm. A lot of people succeed by the things that they do and accomplish, but the things that you do and accomplish don't make you who you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like your job is not your identity. Right. You know, your accomplishments aren't really your identity. You know, those aren't that. You know, there's a lot of people that have done incredible things that are completely miserable. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the man that's coached me for, since 1992 and who I still am a part of his organization, you know, his, you know, he he's a very well-off individual. Mm -hmm. However, he ends up being on trips with people that are three and four times his wealth. Mm -hmm. And believe me, he doesn't even have to work anymore if he doesn't want to. 
right? He's at that level, but he still gives and serves and he's still pouring out. But his job with those guys, and he'll tell you, he is the um, the poorest guy on the plane on a mm-hmm. trip to go to Europe to do a retreat. Mm-hmm. But his job is to be there with these gentlemen that have had, they're on their fifth marriage. Their kids don't talk to them unless there's a paycheck mm-hmm. or some kind of money associated with it or a gift. Like they're just, the, like they're broke down. And so his job is to feed them, to to encourage them, to build them, to help them identify who they really are. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and, and stop doing all these things. Once again, it goes back to most of these guys, their problems are related to the fact that they've done it all on their own. Mm-hmm. And it's intentional in the sense that they're doing it according to the goals that they've set. Mm-hmm. But it's not intentional in the fact of how important it is for those who they're including, you know, how important it is to them for those that they're including to go with them on a journey mm-hmm. versus I need you for this piece of my life in order to get there. So they're being used in a subset for them to reach their goal versus who can I look back at and say is still in my life and everything I've been doing, they're a part of it, be it by counsel, Mm -hmm. support, actually doing it together. Like they can't, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. People are too transient. Now I'm not talking about I got the same attorney. Right. We're not talking about that. We're talking about real connection, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of it's because they have a hard time with, they don't want to have to give up. And that's that part about a compatibility. I think Mm -hmm. they don't want to give up a part of themselves. And so that's the scary part about compatibility. And Mm -hmm. so like, even coming back to you and I, right, we sit together and we had to learn our differences. Like you're the planner. Mm -hmm. I plan nowhere near to the degree that you do. I, I, I plan in spaces of time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You plan for each and every part mm-hmm. of it. Now, mine is probably not the best way. And I and I come to appreciate that more working with you. Mm-hmm. That's a valuable thing. Mm-hmm. However, I've had to learn to close that gap and come in to learn that with you. But equally so, what you've done in our mm-hmm. compatibility differences is you've learned to like kind of say, I don't have to nail this like this second. Right. We can let this moment breathe. Mm-hmm. Right. And we can, we can circle back to it Mm -hmm. and nothing's going to be lost. Maybe you should talk more about that. Well, I mean, I think that to me, it's that it's that whole idea. And just to take it back to something you said earlier with, um, being who those people are and, um, and that coach making sure that, um, those people can, can bring out the best of themselves. So I think that when you're learning to work with other people, it's important that you can, take a moment to look and try to see things from their perspective. So, you know, have having the empathy to try to put yourself in their shoes and understand the way that they work and that they communicate. But it's not only being able to do that. It's also being able to actively adjust your own way of doing things. Because I'm already predisposed to want to have a good partner, mm-hmm. right? I feel like I'm, I think, by word, <laughs> I'm, I'm more ready for it. Yeah. Then when you really run into it, even though I can tell you that's what I want. Yeah. Gosh, it's like, uh, oh, that's hard. It can be hard, mm-hmm. and and you you realize that in spirit is one thing, mm-hmm. but in action is another. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you can't, and there's 
there's also that fine line too of empathizing with someone else, being able to see something from their perspective, learning to adapt or adjust so that you can be more compatible than you naturally would be, but also not losing who you are in that. So you can't you can't over adjust because then you're going to lose the things that make the partnership so great in the first place. And losing, I feel to me, I, I, you know, I don't mind failing, but gosh, I hate losing. <laughs> I mean, you, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, it, you know, loss to me is, is the hardest part. And so, you know, I mean, most loss is recoverable. It's, mm-hmm. you know, loss is recoverable, but I feel like, unfortunately, a lot of the loss situations like that, when you lose things because you won't adapt or you mm-hmm. won't change or you won't adjust, it makes it more and more, it becomes more difficult to pick back up and mm-hmm. to move forward. And not only that, you're setting into motion a habit mm-hmm. that is going to be very difficult to break. Right. You're creating a mindset. Mm-hmm. You're getting entrenched. Like, you know what I mean? It's like the dirt road that you right. can tell where everyone's been driving. And so you stay within the grooves, right? Or if you are on a highway, like, you know, unfortunately our roads are pretty bad here. <laughs> but you get in those grooves and you, you know, you just, you ride them and you mm-hmm. can feel if you're coming out of it, right? Yeah. You know, the grooves can get so deep that you can literally on a road sometimes let go of the wheel and your yeah. car will stay in it because yeah. of the amount of depth that's been created in it. And I feel like that's what it's like. It's like we become, we become like a, a worn road, just worn in and, and grooved. Mm-hmm. It's so grooved that you, you know, it's almost like, well, why change this? Like, right. you know what I mean? Because if, if I do try to change it, I'm going to feel the immediate resistance that makes me feel like I might wreck. Mm-hmm. I might crash. I mean, am, am I making sense with that? No, I, I think you're making sense. And, and I think it's not just um, actively trying to make a change or make an adjustment, but it makes me think of the conversation that we'll be airing in a couple of weeks um, with Allison Carmen. But it's this whole idea that we take our past experiences and we create our own narrative about how the future will be. So if we ran into an experience, let's say, so I'm naturally more of an extroverted person. I'm more expressive and I'm not super analytical. But let's say that I've had a challenge in the past working with somebody who's analytical and um, maybe it maybe it didn't end well maybe we couldn't come to uh, an agreement on how we work together and and our differences just ended up being a problem um, and so without that ever being resolved I could carry that into every single potential relationship with an analytical person just to say hey every single analytical person that I meet is going to be just like this other person and I just know we're going to be incompatible so I'm just going to avoid you and I'm not going to engage you as a result and yeah and that's where your tragedy Mm -hmm. you know will live right you know it's interesting you said that you know you're an extrovert right so I am too Mm -hmm. you know what's funny now maybe once again (laughs) I could be I could be like super assuming something but I never feel like I, I never feel like I have to shut down around you. Where most extroverts, they might be competing for space. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you and I never have to compete for space. I would agree. I mean, I think that I think that that's kind of maybe that's even with with the fact that even though we are to an extent extroverted, I think that um, the ways in which we are different uh, allow allow the balance there. You're right. And and I think the point I, I'm going for is 
So you have opposites that attract. Mm-hmm. And so we have we have we have more opposites than we do similarities. But in that area where we are similar, it's mm-hmm. it's because of the importance that we place on other things that I think we leave room for each other. Mm-hmm. I think there's there's the desire. So like for, you know, a visionary to want to come down mm-hmm. and to be a part of more. So and when I say this in down, I don't I don't want it to seem like it's like, oh, you're above everyone <laughs> because that's not how I view it. I just view mm-hmm. it as like we just kind of live in in those stratosphere kind of cloudy mm-hmm. areas. Yeah. Right. And for a person that's a doer, 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 it's not that your nose is down on just looking at the ground and just go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. It's not like that because you're looking up and I realize that I need to take my eyes off of everything above mm-hmm. and see who I'm walking with. Right. And I feel like it's that it's that shared component of really saying, what does that partnership look like? Mm-hmm. How do you do that stuff? How do you really have someone that you work with and walk with? Mm-hmm. And and it comes back to intentional. And, and I want to share like... I want to share like 10 important things if I can. Okay. Um, intentional. like, And so there's a great book I recommend everyone read. It's Intentional Living. And it's written by a, a man who I adore and I appreciate, John Maxwell. And, but in there, um, there are like these 10 things that, you know, people should have on their mind or be thinking about. Um, and so in order to have like, you know, to be a person that lives an intentional life, like it's life on purpose. It's like being intentional about it. So like when you woke up this morning, so here's an example, like when you think about the people that you go to serve, even like, like Mm -hmm. tomorrow we'll be with one of our clients and we'll be there pretty much all day. Mm -hmm. And then we'll be there um, on Friday pretty much all day. Mm -hmm. But when we wake up, do we go, this is how I'm going to serve this I think of this person I'm going to meet and engage and I'm going to make sure that I tell them maybe from a last conversation that I remember mm-hmm. if they said something they're going through in their life, I'm going to check in with them to ask how they're doing. Um, our last guest sent us a wonderful card, mm-hmm. you know, very thoughtful, mindful of who we are because I believe he's an intentional living individual, mm-hmm. right? And I and I feel like we need to have a checklist of being intentional. Like these are the things I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Y- you see what I mean? Yeah. To be a part of somebody else's life. So here are 10 things. Your life can be a great story. So if you want to know that your life, you know, if you want to know about your life, mm-hmm. it can be a great story by living a life that's intentional, mm-hmm. intentional living. Second thing is why good intentions aren't enough. It's not just about a good intention. It's about actually doing it and really like not going, oh, I had good intentions. No, mm-hmm. it's I'm going to do this. I'm going to get, if I'm going to get something right, I'm going to get this right. Mm-hmm. Third thing is start small, but believe big. It's okay to, you know, do the smaller little things first in it, like a handwritten note. Gosh, that's lost art. Mm-hmm. That is a, you know, it's a lot. A text is not the same, right. you know, and that's, we've got to change that. Um, search until you find your why. That's another part to be intentional. Be more active in searching as to why you want to live like this. Um, uh, the fifth thing is put other people first. If you want to have a life that's intentional, other people need to come first. Um, number six, add value to others from your sweet spot. So in other words, with that strength that you have, learn to stop looking for a way that's outside of where you're good, but just do it from where you're strong. Like no one expects you to, you know, like if I can't cook, <laughs> which I can, by the yeah. way. But if I can't cook, no one's going to be like, if you really want to show me you care, you'll have to make me a quiche. 
<laughs> no. I mean, you know what I mean? Right. If they know that I burn toast regularly, mm-hmm. right? Like I can't even with this with the setting being on low, I still burn toast. Okay, that's why would you want that anyway? Right. right? So anyway, um, and then the seventh one is connect with like minded people. That's an important thing. Doesn't mean they're the same as you. Right. It says they're like minded. Mm-hmm. Right. So you and I, even though we're different. Right. We 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 have incompatibilities. Yes. Which most people would say don't work. Mm -hmm. But, you know, remember, there's two sides to magnets. Mm -hmm. Some of them. Sometimes when I turn, I repel you and vice versa. Mm -hmm. But then there's times when we turn, we attract. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's okay to know. But as long as we keep those magnets in relationship, Mm -hmm. that's what's important. Right. Um, So get with like minded people, partner with like not minded people. So not just connect with them, partner with them. And then live with a sense of anticipation, which is number nine. So anticipate. If you want to be very intentional, live with that sense of anticipation. And then the last one is be urgent about seizing significance opportunities. So a significance opportunity to me is like when this podcast, Mm -hmm. it's our gift. We do this to build other people up. And so like-minded, you like building people up. Mm-hmm. Though we plan our day different, we think about our day different, we do our day different, right? All of those things, we share that like-minded part. So mm-hmm. we get over where our compatibilities are different mm-hmm. and we focus on that because we want to seize significance opportunities. And when we hear feedback from people who are touched by what we're sharing or encouraged or they go start something, mm-hmm. they go heal something, they go change something, whatever it is, and who cares if the world knows it? It's what we know we're doing, mm-hmm. right? That's significance. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> anyways, those are those are uh, 10 no, and, around and, that. No, and I think that that's great. And I, you know, just keying into that whole idea of um, the like-minded, you know, finding people who are like-minded. I think that um, if... It, if you're if you're in a situation where you're working with someone from the outside where you do look incompatible, it is finding the common ground. So what do you have in common? It's it's the same idea of rather than focusing on all the things that you don't have, focus on the things that you do have, and and be intentional about uh, raising those things up and bringing those things out. And um, I think that so you know for us, I I've been thinking about this whole thought of we are both more extroverted, I would say, but something that is very similar with both of us is it's just this whole idea of leadership and people and really just serving others. So even though we might be extroverted, that doesn't show up for us in terms of ego and power and being the center of attention. For us, being extroverted shows up in lifting up other people and serving other people and giving other people room because that is how we are very similar in how we show that we care for others and how we show that we invest in others. You know, you're bringing that up and it just makes me go to this. I mean, we're in a serious DNI world. Yeah, we are. You know, diversity and inclusion. Sure. And what you just said is like, to me, that is the nucleus mm-hmm. of how this can be done. Mm-hmm. You know, diversity and inclusion is a leadership thing. It is a Absolutely. team thing. Yeah, It's people. It's right. human, mm-hmm. right? And it's finding it. But do you notice it's not forcing it? Mm-hmm. Like everything you just said has nothing to do with forcing it no. on someone. 
Well, I think that you can't. I think you can't force it. I think that relationships have to happen naturally and um, bonds have to happen naturally and discussions have to happen naturally. If you have people within your organization that aren't getting along, if you have a riff with a friend, being sat down and talked to about how you need to fix the situation, all that's going to do is drive people further apart. You need to let them figure it out on their own and be intentional about being open to receive the other person, even if if they're not like one another. And it just reminds me of um, something that we talked about on the UCYP podcast that we did um, all around building the bridge between generations. It's this idea of don't just tolerate people, celebrate people. Mm-hmm. So if you are, you know, if you're in a team in a company and you've got people who have drastically different personality types don't don't just tolerate the fact that somebody might be um, more cognitively driven or might be more analytical. Celebrate that about them. Uh, celebrate that they have something different than you and that they can offer something and bring something to the table that's different. Um, because then, you know, that's the whole idea of true collaboration and everyone's going to be better for it. Right. And no one wants to feel like they're just disposable. Oh, my gosh. Like a paper plate. Right. No. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you might even have people that are a little bit, they're more emotional. They might be, they might be more dramatic, you know, and, and, and I know they can be your pet peeve, but a pet peeve should never be a reason for you to live a destructive life. Right. You know what I mean? Where you mm-hmm. can just destroy a relationship mm-hmm. because that doesn't work in my world. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want, you know, I can be a dramatic person. I don't bring drama in, though. Mm-hmm. People know not to come to me and, like, back up on me with, let me tell you about Fred. <laughs> you know, because right. I'm be like, let's get Fred and talk to Fred. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Don't, don't tell me. Let's get Fred. Mm-hmm. Let's invite, hey, Fred. You know? Right. You know, John has something to say about you or Larry or whatever. Like, let's talk this out Mm -hmm. because I don't want that in my world. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to dismiss that person. That's my desire intentionally Mm -hmm. to help this guy. Let's connect. Right. Right. So that we can partner. So how can we heal this situation Mm -hmm. instead of, you know, carry on these pockets and silos of what works best for me, you know right. what I mean? In my little world, right. you know, because once again, if that, if, if you're a part of that and you're isolating or tolerating someone or even dismissing them or making them feel disposable, mm-hmm. I promise you, I don't care if you want to call it karma. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you want to call it, um, reciprocity, however right. you want to name it, it will come back to you. Mm-hmm. You know, always remember when you point at someone, there are three fingers pointing back at you. Right. And usually if you feel like you're stabbed in the back, you need to check your own hand because mm-hmm. you're probably holding the knife. Right. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. the one that's been involved in other situations and scenarios with that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think we need to be more sensitive to that. I think we need to um, and understand the beauty of this cross-pollination, mm-hmm. right? That, yeah, we get beautiful things. You know, that's the thing that happens. Well, you know, oh, look at this flower, rare flower discovered mm-hmm. in, you know, some island, blah, 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 yeah. you know, and then they study it and science says it came from this, it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that or whatever. Well, that's what people are. Mm-hmm. People are becoming a little bit of this, a little bit of that, mm-hmm. sometimes more of this and less of that, but it is a cross-pollination. And what we need to do is be open to receive more of that. We need to yeah. be willing to learn and discover it. And and you know what? It takes time. It does. Oh my gosh, it takes time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm realizing that just when I think 
<laughs> as soon as, as soon as like I, this morning. He, oh yeah, like this morning. <laughs> yeah, just when I think I got it down and figured out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like America's Got Talent. They got that yeah. button they hit with a big X. Like, yeah. you know, like, no. <laughs> well, but I mean, You're but wrong. that's that's a whole idea. And and I think that we experience this with um, with our clients. I'm sure that you've experienced it in, in the coaching that you do is we're all growing and navigating and living at the same time. And hopefully we're, we're doing all those things out loud and with presence. But it's, it, it's constantly a moving target. So when you're working with people, it's not like, hey, everybody learns about what everybody's personality is and then we're never going to have good. any, yeah, we're never going to have any more problems and, you know, or someone isn't going to um, receive something a way that you didn't intend it to be said. It's just, we are human beings who have emotions and, you know, yes, it's important to, you know, use our brains um, rather than, than act on our emotions, but those emotions are what make us human. So, um, so I think that it's important that, that we, that we work with our emotions, um, don't necessarily work against them, but we also have to keep them in check. One of my favorite, I'm, I'm bringing this up so I may lose some people and I may lose you, <laughs> but the matrix, man, it's what it is. <laughs> like Neo keeps getting plugged in and they keep dumping these programs in him. Mm -hmm. But even though he has the program, he still has to believe it and go do it. Mm -hmm. So like he, you know, he's sitting there and they're dumping all this stuff in yeah. and they show him shaking in the chair and he's got that yeah. thing plugged in the port. He opens his eyes and he goes, I know Kung Fu. And Morpheus <laughs> yeah. leans over and goes, show me. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, but that's the whole thing. So even though we're all like, yay, we learned our personality types. We've done this, this personality assessment. Mm -hmm. We've done, you know, um, uh, value centered assessment. We've done disc assessment. We've done whatever one that's out there. Right. There's still the show me. Right. Yeah. And you know what? We're it still involves our belief, mm -hmm. right? So what are your thoughts on belief when it comes to compatibility? That that maybe I know you may have to go, hmm, mm -hmm. because you weren't expecting. Well, yeah. this whole conversation, we're just flowing with it, yeah. which is great. We have some ideas, but yeah. with the belief when it comes to compatibility, like so taking like a disc assessment idea or any of these other things and then the whole show me part mm -hmm. and how, as it relates to your belief. I think that when you are going through any sort of assessment and you're having to take a hard look at yourself, it's so it's the same with the idea of awareness. So you may even you may be able to very easily pick up on your strengths and pick up on your weaknesses or opportunities and you know what you need to do, but it's so hard to do something that goes against your natural tendency. Um, and, you know, I, we actually have, and not even just me, but we have someone that, that we worked with who basically said to me the other day, I know that I need to do this, but this is so hard for me. And so, but the more important thing was that then she said, but I'm going to do it anyway, even though it's hard because I believe that I can do it and because I believe in the reason behind it. So I think that, I think that as much as you can learn from being aware about yourself, you still have to have a belief in yourself that you can change, that you can adapt, and that other people are in it with you. So I think it would be really hard to just say, 
yeah, I've learned this about myself. I know who I am. And now I know how to interact with all these people. And I'm going to be so much better off. I think you have to be in a spot where you know that other people are going to be willing to accept that about you as well. Um, And I think that mindset and self-belief, I mean, not to not to bring up not really politics, but just the state of the world right now. I think that so many people have this idea of, you know, how other people should think and how other people should be. And I think that I think that it's really important you know who you are and you know what you think. But with that whole idea of being intentional and um, having diversity and being inclusive is you have to be open to understanding that other people do it a different way. And just because they think differently or do differently doesn't mean that they're wrong. Uh, and being able to adjust yourself in different situations um, to leave room for other people. You know, I don't know if that answers your no, question. No, it did. <laughs> it just made me think about this, that it was like, what's more important, winning the argument or keeping the relationship? Mm-hmm. If I keep the relationship, there's a chance that I don't have to win an argument. Right. What I could do is advance and I could get understanding. Both right. sides can, right? Right. And so it just reminds me because that's one of the things that one of my mentors said to me was, you know, and he's even put it in his book. He wrote down in a, in a book and he talked about an argument that he was having with his wife. Right. And he always won the arguments. And one day she came to him. He was so proud of himself after he shut her down again mm-hmm. with his argument. And yeah. he was right. And she came to him and she said, you know, you, you're winning the arguments and you've won this argument. She said, but you're losing me. Mm-hmm. And that was an eye-opening thing for him right. that changed him because he realized the relationship wasn't as important to him mm-hmm. as he would like to have thought. Right. It was his idea being right. correct. And I feel like that's why we're we're so concerned with winning our argument. Mm-hmm. You know, competition is healthy when it's healthy. Right. Arguing is is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, some people need to argue more. Yeah. Some people need to argue without trying to just be right, but be in relationship. Argue mm-hmm. for it. You know, for right. the relationship. What are you arguing for? What's mm-hmm. the point? And then some people, you, you you want them to argue, like, please argue right. with me, fight with me, you know, mm-hmm. because at least we're having a discussion, right? Mm-hmm. Not to be harmful, no. you know? So we what we want to do is we want to heal. We want to make things better. We mm-hmm. want to improve. But we're not going to know until something comes in there that really shows that you care. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you can use those guidelines of, right. of what we're talking about, about being intentional, about understanding that. You know, I'm arguing with you because I'm not just going to tolerate. I'm going to celebrate. Right. So I'll have this disagreement with you, but in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And the goal is not for me to win. Right. I don't want to win. So would I rather be right or be in relationship? And I think that just like anything else, right is relative. You know, yeah, I mean, true. I mean, being right is is relative based on your own beliefs and your values and your situation in life and where you live and the people that you know. I mean, being right is relative, uh, depending depending on your station in life, where you are, what you believe. And so, I think that I, I agree with that. And I think that to me, it is. It's very sad uh, to me some of the some of the relational things um, that you know I, I'm really fortunate I, I don't feel like I've experienced any of these yet but that I've seen other people experience because they just couldn't allow s- someone else's opinion to be okay with them. It doesn't have to be greater than okay, right? Like that should be okay. Yeah, 
right? Yeah, it, it, you should be able to say, you know, I, I respect your point of view. I don't agree with you. Thank you for sharing it with me. Right. And, and, and I can, and I can see where you're coming from and we can still have a relationship and Hey, this is might be a strain on it, but we can still have a relationship because at the end of the day, I care about you as a person. You know, what's interesting is that for me that I realized something, I'm a defender of people who are weak, less than struggle seem like they had a rough start, whatever, because I was one of those kids. And I realized that my strength had nothing to do with what I had to had to fight for. Mm-hmm. Had everything for me to fight for what I believed about me to be mm-hmm. true. And I found that I, I was able to create more opportunity or avenue for myself mm-hmm. by not returning the favor of wrong or wrongness Mm -hmm. or whatever would be the proper way to say it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't in retaliation. It was in showing my confidence Mm -hmm. and my strength in where I stood. There's something about resoluteness, being, having resolve, being resolute. Mm -hmm. Do do you understand what I mean? That's different. And you can still defend. You can defend by saying what you just said. Mm -hmm. I I appreciate you sharing. I don't agree. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's fine. But you move away from destructive. Right. Well, you can believe that you're right and someone else is wrong without having to punish them for being wrong. Right. That's, or for thinking that they're wrong. That right there should be enough for people to chew on for the rest of their life. <laughs> no, I mean, really, yeah. that's like, <laughs> yeah, you can't just chew that one. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's, it's something we should all, you know, you know, it's like everlasting gum. It's right. always there and you should always be able to taste that, Yeah. <laughs> you know? So um, key things though, right? Working yeah. with diverse or being different, you know, mm-hmm. different styles and, mm-hmm. you know, don't try to force these things, right? Yeah. And no one's immune to, you know, the things that we're talking about. No. I mean, if you are immune, then, well, then um, I don't know. <laughs> Please send us like your cliff notes. <laughs> yeah, you have discovered the secret to life. <laughs> yeah, um, the cross pollination part. Mm-hmm. I think really just the whole idea of being open, being open to receive other people and their opinion, and learning to appreciate um, the differences with other people, and also just remembering that being in relationship with someone, let that happen naturally, and be um, just willing to. Uh, take it a day at a time. And, and like you said, you don't have to force it. Yeah. That's, and I think we could all do so much better with that. Yeah. And you you don't have to force it, but be intentional about, right. About it. And then, yeah, we want to, you know, and we're going to be doing some, um, online courses coming up. We'll be offering some. And I think one of them we need to do around, um, this, you know, this living intentionally Mm -hmm. and, in that intentional living, I'm just going to read them really quick um, for everyone to hopefully jot down or something if you can work with this. But there's 10. Number one, your life can be a great story. Mm-hmm. Second one is why good intentions aren't enough. Third is start small but believe big. Fourth is search until you find your why. Five, put others first. Six, add value to others from your sweet spot. Seven, connect with like-minded people. Eight, partner with like-minded people. Nine, Live with a sense of anticipation. And number 10, be urgent about seizing significance opportunities. 
Well, thank you all for spending this time with us and just uh, listening with us and engaging with us as we were having this conversation. We always, always want to hear from you, um, hear your perspectives and your thoughts on um, what we're talking about each week. So remember that you can find us on Twitter at Uphill Convo. You can connect with us on our Facebook page, Uphill Conversations, and you can always reach out to us directly on our website, uphillconversations.co. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. Always remember you can be more, do more, and have more. Always remember that your current condition does not match your emerging future. Anything worth having is uphill, and you cannot go uphill with downhill habits. And we want you to know, most importantly, that you will see me and Megan hoofing it up the hill. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.